We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, before we start today's pod, just wanted to let you know that all of these live podcasts, we do them on Spotify Greenroom. So if you ever want to come up on stage and talk with us about the Mavs, uh, just go to your app store, download Spotify Greenroom, and find myself at Dalton underscore Trig or my co-host at Matt underscore Galatson. And you could be up here talking with us. You just send us a speaker request and we'll get you up there. Also, with these live recordings, you know, the connection isn't always great with Spotify Greenroom. Uh, it doesn't seem to be a problem in app, but on the recordings, there could be a hiccup here and there uh, along the way. So just wanted to give that disclaimer before you listen. Uh, it's not always going to be perfect audio when using the app, but it makes it easier for us to interact with fans. So hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you're listening to the Maps Step Back Podcast. Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning. Ball in the airline center, we bout to get litty. Luca carrying a torch, Borden jumped up on the porch. How you reckon with his force? Third season in the game, and he a legend by his fourth. Look, after dirt, now the king of Dallas. Airline serving as the palace. Young team, and it's full of talent. Want revenge, we accept the challenge. Luca carrying a legacy. What it take to be an MVP? Being great, know it cost a no, it really ain't that hard to see. Hold on, wait. Silence the critics, cause they never did it. Pass out Jordan, I woke up the city. Map shoot hot like we straight out the chimney. Go back to Batman, I'm calling them Drizzy. Mo triple doubles, I'm waiting on 50. Step back smoother, you know it's so filthy. If I get down on my team, gonna lift me. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left that. No, we gotta get back. No, we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Matt, what's up, man? Oh, just seething. How are you? <laughs> Doing pretty good. Good to have you back. It's it's been a while. It's been about a has it been two weeks? It's been a while. I've it's been a wild couple of weeks for me. So, but got I a lot of crap going on. I have yes. I uh, launched a new site on the Fan Nation Network. I uh, had some family stuff going on. I was in LA for for work and 
Uh, it's now I'm about to head to Indiana to move my girlfriend into uh, grad school, so it's it's been a wild, wild, wild couple of weeks. Well, regardless, we're glad to have you back. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna start out with a little bit of I guess it's not breaking news now, but you know Mark Stein. He tweeted out uh, Jake Fisher earlier. He said something about it too. But uh, the Mavs seem to be closing in on signing Luca's former uh, former head coach overseas, uh, Igor. How do you say his name? Kukovic. Uh, I probably botched that. So I hope. <laughs> I think it's Kakoskov. Kakoskov. Okay. Yeah. That that sounds more like it. Uh, but anyway. So that that's something we'll start that out. Uh, start this off on a positive note. Uh, I think that's a good move for the Mavs. I think uh, you know when he was hired by the Suns, he was pounding the table for them to draft Luca. Uh, so he he wanted him. I'm sure Luca wanted to to be with him again as well. Uh, they won overseas together, and I think it's a great fit. I think it's a great move. Uh, especially given how much how much Luca loved Jamal Mosley, uh, I think it's uh, I think it's great that you know the Mavs are trying to get another guy in there who Luca really respects and who he's he's one with and everything. So that that's a, that's going to be a good move if it goes through. Uh, we'll see we'll see how that ends up for him. But I mean, what's your initial reaction? Yeah, I mean, the, it's it's a good move because obviously you want to do everything you can to keep Luca happy and. That's a guy he's had proven success with. They won the Eurobasket 2017 gold medal together, along with another Slovenian in Miami who is now obviously guaranteed to be a Dallas Maverick at this point. Um, so I, I think it's great. I think they should have done it two weeks ago, you know, or whenever they hired Jason Kidd. The first thing they should have said is we're hiring Igor to to come in and and you know and help out because I mean he he knows what makes Luca tick. He knows how to be successful with him and. Um, you know, it's, it, it's just, it's, it's a slam dunk if it goes through, obviously. Yeah. And we'll, we'll know more about that, you know, as more details start leaking out, but, uh, just moving on now to the, the big news of the day or, well, <laughs> it was more, it was more of a flop than anything else, uh, given that they really didn't give us. Uh, much substance, but the the Nico Harrison Jason Kidd press conference happened, you know, about an hour and a half ago. It started about an hour and a half ago, and uh, Mark Cuban was there. Cynthia Marshall was there. They're really. Uh, I'm, we'll start out on the negatives first, and I'll let you go through your rant because I know you have a lot of stuff you want to get out there, uh, and then I'll come in with the the few positives that I, that I took from that. And I mean, there's really, there's not a bunch because they really didn't give us a lot. Uh, it was more, I guess you'd call it fluff than anything else. Uh, but I, I did take away a few positives from that, but overall, uh, I did, you know, I, I like, especially Nico Harrison. I like, uh, his vibe, so to speak. He even used that word during the press conference. Uh, somebody mentioned that he has kind of like a, a quiet confidence about him. So uh, that that's one thing I liked. But as far as the press conference overall, uh, it was just, eh, yeah, I, I just didn't really, it didn't really get me too excited about things. But, I mean, what, what's your 
initial thoughts on that press conference and uh, basically just empty the tank, Matt? I thought it was absolute trash. I thought it was an F. Um, and that's not just me being negative, Matt. Like, I, I know I can be negative sometimes, but that was an absolutely terrible, terrible introductory press conference. And I know it's just an introductory press conference and it's not supposed to say, you know, give us a bunch of, you know, breaking storylines about, you know, stuff that they say and all that stuff. But first things first, I totally disagree about Nico. I thought he, he sounded like a deer in headlights. He had no idea what to say. Uh, everything he said was very generic and very, you know, um, by the book and all that stuff. Jason Kidd read his opening statement off of a bleeping note card. And it sounded terrible and like written for him. It didn't sound like him at all. Um, it was very not genuine at all. Um, yeah, the the vibe of the whole press conference was kind of very. It was very weird. It was very robotic and structured. Um, which you know it, that can be fine, but you have to have a little bit of personality when you're bringing in a whole new power structure, so to speak, in your in your front office. I mean, they're letting um, they're letting people with YouTube channels that have a thousand followers ask questions in the middle of a press conference that's being broadcast nationally, uh, which is such a Mavs media move. Like everything is um, like, there's so many fluff questions from people like Brad Townsend that, that make absolutely no impact. Uh, you know, there was like the, the people who should have been asking the questions were like, Cato and Fish and McMahon and all those guys got like one question each and they were all good questions and they, and most of their answers were just brushed off by whether it was sent or or Mark taking over so nobody else had to answer the question or or whatever it just nothing of of value was was brought from that press conference in my opinion and you know to make things worse Mark Cuban had some of the dumbest quotes I think I've ever heard him say, like he literally said, you can't teach shooting. <laughs> yeah. You can't teach shooting. We have, we have a lot of examples of, you know, Rick Carlisle, who's obviously not here anymore, but you have a lot of examples of guys who uh, played in Dallas and Rick Carlisle literally taught them how to shoot <laughs> like Al Farouk Aminu. <laughs> like you literally have a fucking, shooting coach on your roster on your coaching staff so is his are you saying that his job isn't isn't a thing like what do you what are you saying exactly well look i'm not gonna i have one other thing i have one other i'm Go sorry on. Uh, and then and then we'll we'll move on but the thing that really i think bothered me the most about this whole press conference is another thing that mark said and that is you know so obviously this this whole this whole power structure is quote unquote changed. Like he he talked about needing a fresh perspective and like you know Jason Kidd and Nico Harrison are going to bring all this stuff. And then I think it was Kevin Sherrington from the Dallas Morning News asked him, you know, how the power Well, first he said that that he wasn't going to talk about Bob Volgaris's position with the franchise because, you know, who who wants to answer a yes or no question? But it'll always be funny to me, Matt, that he says I don't talk about uh, 
I don't talk about like people on the payroll and talk about certain positions and everything. Cause the last time he said that he told Brad Townsend that and Brad tweeted it out. And it was so funny because literally, literally a few minutes before he told Brad that the Mav social media account on Instagram had posted pictures of <laughs> Nico Harrison and uh, Jason Kidd with their exact titles on on the graphics. So I thought that right. was But then but then he comes back with you know Kevin Sherrington asking about the power structure. Well well nothing's changed. Uh, it's it's the same as it's always been. And then he says, But it's it's me and Sent and Nico and, and Jay Kidd. So it has changed, but then he also says, you know, or he's asked a little bit later if, uh, if Nico's going to have the final say or what's going to go on. And, and he just says, no, you know, it's still me. I'm the guy that writes the checks. So I'm the one that makes the final decisions, he which means said, nothing's changing. He basically said it all comes down to money. And that was, I mean, it, it is a business and to a certain extent it does come down to money, but that's not something you want to hear uh, going into such a pivotal off season after the way no. the Mavs treated the 2019 off season, <laughs> that was uh, that was a rough one to hear. But you know, just kind of now, you know, we we got that out of the way. Now to I'm going to come in with a little softer stance on it, and not just not just for the fact, you know, not just to be soft, but it's just some takeaways I had uh, from that press conference. Nico Harrison. You have to understand, Matt, I mean, he's never done this, but this is completely, you know, this, this was an out-of-the-box hire. He's never done this. He's never been an NBA executive before. He's probably super nervous. Uh, I mean, it's like, it, it's like learning to swim, you know. He, he's just kind of thrown in the deep end. Well, wake uh, up, Nico. You're in the NBA now. That's all I got to say. I mean, I'm sure it'll get better over time, but, I mean, this is his first ever – NBA, uh, or first ever press conference as an NBA executive. And you have all the stuff with Jason Kidd's past that gets brought up and it kind of makes the room tense. And I'm sure there was just, uh, I'm sure he was nervous. And I'm sure, you know, that'll get better as time goes on. But I still got like this, this quiet confidence feel from him overall. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to say a lot. He's not even on social media, as we've learned. Uh, you know, he's a guy that stays off and everything. But, you know, he has a bunch of connections. And we're just going to have to wait and see how it all plays out uh, when, you know, when we get to free agency here in about two weeks now. Because that that's where we can really start to judge all this. But uh, like our guy X just said in the chat here, he said, we all expected this to be bad. Uh, there's no way to put lipstick on a pig, <laughs> but uh, I mean it, it's right. I mean, you really can't expect much from a press conference. I mean, I wish they would have asked a little bit more detailed questions about the the actual off season plans. Like, uh, you know, there there's rumors about uh, the Mavs angling for Kawhi, and uh, they're they're connected to a lot of other guys in free agency and. Uh, you kind of wonder where their priority is at. I mean, you'd have to, you'd have to think that it would start with Kawhi. I don't know if the uh, the ACL partial tear news changes that any. I don't think it should. But you know, I mean, it, it'd be nice to, and they probably wouldn't have answered it directly anyway. But it would have been nice to have had some more questions, some more detailed questions asked 
uh, about off-season strategy uh, this summer. So, that, but overall, overall, I'm encouraged. I think I, I really liked what Jason Kidd said specifically about um, talking to Luca. Uh, he, he's already talked to Luca, and Luca is, uh, as he said, he's excited to get to work with him and everything. And uh, like I said on a previous pod, he's played the same position as Luca and he's been a star player at that position just like Luca is. And so I feel like he can better relate uh to what Luca sees on the floor and you know what he's going through as a as a young superstar player than say a guy like uh uh Rick Carlisle could. So I was encouraged by that. Uh overall though, like I said, it was it was really awkward. It was an awkward press conference. Not a lot of uh, not a, not a lot of substance in the questions that were offered. And, uh, and then one more thing from the press conference before we get off on these rumors, uh, let's see, Nick in the chat, he said Cuban defending KP was awkward. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, our guy, Mike Fisher, he, uh, asked a question for Jason Kidd and Nico Harrison. He didn't even address Cuban and it was basically about KP's fit. Uh, and then Cuban decided to jump in, even though he wasn't addressed at the end there and added to it and uh, was talking about how this is basically the first time ever in KP's career. And we talked about it on the last episode that uh, uh, I had Grant on here, Matt, and we talked about it uh, last week. It really is. It's the first off season in KP's career where he's not rehabbing something. So he does have a point there. Cuban does. Uh, but, I think for the most part, they're going to talk him up in hopes of, you know, maybe uh, raising his trade value up a little bit. They obviously won't say that, but I feel like that's more of what it is uh, than anything else. But he does have a point, and we've talked about it before, that this is the first time KP's been healthy going into an offseason. He can actually work on his game instead of rehabbing and playing catch-up by the time the, the season starts. And then he gets behind, and uh, last year he came back. And he probably came back a little bit earlier than he should have from his meniscus injury because you had a guy like uh, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. from Memphis who had the same exact injury around the same, I think it was around the same time or maybe slightly earlier, but he didn't come back until like two, three months later. So... Uh, it's just one of those things. We'll have to wait and see how it goes. I mean, kid, he said that Luca and KP are a perfect fit, which <laughs> made me laugh because we we know that's not necessarily true. I mean, if KP plays, if he changes the way he plays and he's completely healthy, it could work. But with his style of play right now, uh, it's just not. It's not a perfect fit. We all know that. Uh, okay, look, I, I just have to respond to something real quick. I. I see in the chat, Amar, I, I get it's not an interrogation. It's not supposed to be an interrogation. But it's also not supposed to be complete fluff BS the entire time. Like, there are real journalists there asking real questions. They should respond to some of those questions with real answers. That's not asking too much. That's how it's, a press conference is supposed to go. And they didn't answer anything. They basically, the only thing that was answered to me in this entire press conference is, Mark Cuban is still in control of every single aspect of this franchise and he's going to listen to Jason Kidd and Nico Harrison. And the, but other than that, like nothing's going to change and he's still going to be the same 
Mark Cuban this offseason that he's been the last 10 offseasons? Well, it, it answered that, but then it also, in my opinion, answered, uh, you know, because we haven't heard anything about Luca and how he feels about the coaching hire. So to hear that Jason Kidd and Luca have already talked and that Luca's excited about it and, you know, he's going to, he's obviously focusing on the Slovenian national team stuff right now in the Olympics and, uh, you know, they'll be able to work on that relationship even more after all that. But, just to hear that little tidbit, it made me feel a lot more confident about, you know, how the two could potentially work out in their first season together. And then bringing on uh, Igor as a, as a lead assistant coach or just an assistant coach, I'm not, not exactly sure what position he'd be in, but uh, you know, that would, that would even, you know, that'd make me more confident about things working because then you have somebody else that Luca really likes. He's had success with, uh, coming in the door and being there with Jason Kidd. And uh, I just, I, I'd be more confident with that than I would just, you know, Jason Kidd by himself or somebody else with him that, that Luke is not as familiar with. So we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, okay, so we're, we're going to let that be it for the press conference part of this. And Matt, we're just going to run through some... Mavs rumors here and we'll talk about it and see you know I'll, I'll see how how much stock you put into these rumors and we'll obviously start at the top with Kawhi Leonard uh they have been, the Mavs have been linked to Kawhi Leonard two or three times now uh it started with uh Kevin O'Connor from the Ringer he said that if Kawhi Leonard was to leave the Clippers this offseason that it was widely believed that the Mavs were the most serious threat to sign him. And now it's been reported by, I believe it was Jake Fisher who put in his piece that, you know, Kawhi or the Mavs are really looking to make a hard push for Kawhi. And then the most recent news with, with him is that he had a partial ACL tear 
and supposedly it's just, you know, it's just rumors. It hasn't been confirmed or anything, but supposedly uh, the Clippers misdiagnosed that. <laughs> they just they just listed it as a, a sprained knee, and given a sprain is a partial tear, but you can still misdiagnose the severity of that. You know, you you don't if it's just a sprained knee, you're not going to label that as a as a partially torn ACL. There's a there's a difference in severity there. So supposedly, Kawhi went and got surgery, or he got a second opinion, got the right diagnosis, and then got surgery on that knee without even telling the Clippers. So in my opinion, this sounds like San Antonio all over again, and he may be leaving. So my question to you is, if there is anything to this Mavs Kawhi smoke, does the ACL injury change your opinion any, or should they still, you know, take the Brooklyn Nets, uh, Kevin Durant approach, even though he he could be out from anywhere from six to nine months and sign him to a long-term contract. And when he does come back, you have Luka and Kawhi. Um, this is complicated. So, on the one hand, I'm very tired of the Mavericks absorbing these previously injured, um, like, nearly broken players who are constantly having issues like this. On the other hand, it's Kawhi effing Leonard, and he's a top five player, even if he only plays 50 games a year. Um, so, it, I mean, it, it, it's, it's very, very complicated. I will say, if, if, and it's a big if, obviously, given the last you know couple of years of, of evidence, but if he can come back and be Kawhi and stay healthy, then obviously it's worth it because Luka and Kawhi is a championship waiting to happen. Here's my thing, Matt. I do not care. I do not care about this knee situation. This this would be a long-term move, and we already know that the Mavs have one of the best training staffs in the NBA. I mean, that's just It doesn't keep KP healthy. What's that? Their training staff doesn't keep KP healthy. They do keep KP healthy. That's why he sits out every back-to-back, and he's now going into his first offseason not rehabbing something for once. So I think given how the previous years have gone, they've done about as good of a job with KP as anybody else has. So, I mean, I mean, they can't help that KP, you know, he's seven foot three and made of, of uh, peanut brittle, but, you know. <laughs> I get that. I just my, – my thing is – there's so many years of this Kawhi knee stuff. I just wonder at what point that that knee stops. Just it just it just completely goes to shit. You know what I mean? Like I, I understand it's probably worth it's probably worth the risk. I'm just concerned that it's going to. Be, you say it's a long term move. I can I'm concerned that it's going to be a long term problem. Well, here's here's the thing. I mean, if Here's the thing. If Kawhi stays with the Clippers and he doesn't play, or even if he, say even if he's healthy and he wants to load manage and he only plays like say half the season, the team, you know, playing with Luka and the Mavs, he could do that with the Mavs and the Mavs would be a better team 
throughout that season, in my opinion, than if he stayed with the Clippers and did something like that going forward. I don't feel like, you know, the, the pressure for him to be on the court every night wouldn't be as much if he was in Dallas. And they would win more games because you have Luka, who's, you know, really young. He's more than capable of carrying the full load, as we've seen uh, in his first three years as a pro in the NBA. Uh, and Kawhi just wouldn't have that pressure to take the regular You know, he, he wouldn't have to be out there to help the team win regular season games. If you can get him healthy and keep him healthy for a playoff run, that's that's why you make the move. That's why you sign him, even though he has the, the knee issue. Because, you know, if you have Luka and Kawhi healthy for a 16-game playoff stretch, you know, I, I'm very confident in saying that that duo is going to win you a couple of championships. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's a stretch either. I think, you know, we, you, we've seen what Kawhi looks like at the peak of his powers. We've seen what Luka looks like at the peak of his powers in the playoffs. If you add both of those two together, it would be absolutely unreal. So I, I honestly, I, I don't care about the regular season. I know Luka's good enough to carry a roster full of G-leaguers to the eighth seed in the playoffs if, <laughs> if it came down to it uh, because he's going to make everybody around him better. So if you can just you know get to the playoffs, have Kawhi Leonard, even if you have to extremely load manage him throughout the season, and then once you get to the playoffs, uh, just unleash it. I mean, I'm I'm all for that, even if it means you're not a a top seed in the West or whatever. I, I think that would be. I would sign up for that for sure. I would sign up for it. I I I mean, I I already said I would sign up for it. It's worth the risk. It's just. I'm still going to be concerned moving forward into not the playoffs when he could possibly come back, but the next year and the next year and the next year, if he even sticks around that long, because he said <laughs> San Antonio, he has a, a history of standing around or staying around for one or two years, which is fine. But there's just so many concerns with him, not just health wise. There's his personality. Like there, there's his, his flakiness there, all this stuff, like, yeah, it's, it's very concerning and it's, it's a boomer bust move, um, in multiple ways. It's just, of course I'm going to sign up for it. I just, I'm also going to like close my eyes and just jump in and say, you know, screw it, let's do it. Um, and if it backfires, it's going to be a huge backfire, but you know, at least they tried. Well, look, we won't talk too much about Kawhi because, I mean, it, even with the ACL tear, it's still under the pipe dream category. <laughs> like, I just, you know, people can say, oh, we don't want to do it or we don't want Kawhi or whatever. When the fact of the matter is, it would still be just a major development if, you know, if he actually signed with the Mavs. It'd be huge. So, we can try and downplay it and say, oh, it's not going to happen or we don't want it to happen. But the fact of the matter is it's a long shot, so we would be fortunate if it did happen. But moving on from that, a couple other rumors I wanted to touch on here, Matt, but John Collins, uh, he's been connected to the Mavs uh, throughout the, the this past regular season, and that has continued in this offseason. And after his... 
or after the Hawks playoff performance, a lot of people were like, oh, well, there's no way they're going to let him walk. And then the Hawks owner uh, gave a gave an interview with the uh, the Athletic. And hold on just a second. Can you hear me? Okay, I thought I had something happen there. Anyway, okay, so the Hawks owner gave an interview with The Athletic, and he was talking about how he understands that they're not going to be able to keep all the players that they want to keep, and he was talking about how certain players like Trey Young or, you know, they're actually uh, max players, and you have other guys who are good, but they're not max players. And And then he went on to talk about how you know, he hopes that uh, the Hawks and John Collins can come to some kind of middle ground on a fair contract. That was the word he used, fair. Uh, and we already know that John Collins didn't sign the extension with Atlanta last offseason uh, because they couldn't come to an agreement on the money. So just reading the tea leaves there, <laughs> I mean, it, it seems like John Collins is probably uh, going to be gone. Now, obviously, the being a restricted free agent, uh, the Hawks could match anything. But given the comments that the Hawks owner uh, gave to the athletic, I just I really don't think that's going to happen. I feel like if the Mavs really wanted him, they could make it happen. Uh, you might have to do a sign and trade and uh, send something back to Atlanta. But I'd be all for that. And I don't think I know a lot of people have said, oh, well, if you give John Collins the max, uh, you'd have to do something. You'd have to sign and trade KP to Atlanta. Well, I mean, we've thought about that too. But I mean, if they don't want to pay John Collins the max, why would they want to pay Kristaps uh, Porzingis on a max contract? You know, so it probably yeah, they to, don't. Yeah, you'd have to offload KP some other way. <laughs> but I, I do. I love John Collins. I think he'd be an excellent fit in Dallas. I think he's a guy. I mentioned it during the season, but it's like everything the Mavs wanted Dwight Powell to end up being, you know, athletically as a rim roller. Uh, he's, he, I mean, he's not a great defender, but he's much better defensively than Powell is, and he can shoot three pointers. I mean that that would be the ideal uh, front court guy you'd want to to play with Luca, in my opinion. So I'm I'm all for that one. I'm curious to get your thoughts on. I mean, how real do you think the John Collins stuff is? Because at, at a certain point, when you hear it from three, four different places, there has to be some kind of smoke, right? Yeah, I mean, he he really fits what Rick Carlisle wanted. Um, the the thing that we have to kind of consider when we when we um are looking at all these potential Mavs free agent targets and whatnot is we don't really know what exactly what Jason Kidd wants to do on the floor yet. He didn't really talk about it in the press conference, obviously, because I mean, I don't think he even really knows. Like he doesn't even, he doesn't even know everything about Luca yet. He, he mentioned that like he, he wants to look under the hood was his quote. And that's fine. Like, you know, he, he's, He's obviously pitched his sort of vision to Mark Cuban and, and, and Nico Harrison, I guess, but we don't know what that is. So in a vacuum, based on what we've seen the last few years, I would have loved to have John Collins on the roster. I think he's 
I think he's a great player. I think he's a great uh, a great fit with Luca. It just kind of, I think it just kind of depends on what Jason Kidd's looking for, and if, if John Collins is a fit for that. If he is, then by all means, try to go get him. Otherwise, you know, if he's not, then we'll have to move on. Yeah, and another thing, another scenario that I don't think anybody's thinking about, and I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what his thoughts are, would be, you know, playing in Atlanta, but uh, you could potentially do a sign and trade. Uh, for John Collins and send, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. sign with the Hawks if if they're more willing to, you know, to pay him not what not exactly what John Collins would get on a max contract, but you know, still in that twenty million dollar range, and he's already had success in Atlanta before, and uh, there's obviously mutual interest between Tim Hardaway Jr. and uh, the Miami Heat, and as uh, as uh, skin. Uh, it was pointed out to me the other day, Skin said on his radio show that uh, he had heard that uh, there could be a possibility of a Goran Dragic sign and trade there uh, if if Tim Hardaway Jr. did decide to sign with the Miami Heat. So that was really interesting. I know you'd be super excited about that if it did happen. Uh, I think the <laughs> – and just off, subject, uh, off topic here a little bit, but the Igor hire, if that goes through, that's yet another reason – why you know Drogic would want to play in Dallas? So really hoping that for that for you, Matt. <laughs> if the Mavs hire Igor, Goron is going to be a Maverick, and there's no two ways about it. I'm convinced. <laughs> yeah, and, and and we'll we'll celebrate accordingly if that happens because this has been like a two and a half year ordeal <laughs> where we've just where we've just been pining uh, for Goron to come to Dallas. So. Uh, the last one here, Matt, and I'm sure there's some others that I'm missing, but these are the main three that I had on my mind. But the last one is the Spencer Dinwiddie stuff. Uh, our guy X, who I, I believe he's still in the room, a uh, huge fan of Dinwiddie. He's come on here and talked about how, uh, you know, that's one of his main targets he wants them to focus on this offseason. And it's kind of the same concept as John Collins and Kawhi and all that. There have been multiple reports linking Spencer Dinwiddie to the Mavs. And I said it about, I think it's two or three weeks ago. I came on here and I said, it would not surprise me at all. If a, the Mavs end up signing Spencer Dinwiddie and B, it comes out that Mark Cuban is paying his salary in cryptocurrency. That would be, like I just, I could see that being the thing. It's like to take away from, uh, you know, the injury, stuff that Spencer Dinwiddie dealt with last year, they'd kind of like distract that with, oh, look how cool this is. We're paying a guy in a a cryptocurrency contract or something like that. So uh, I like Spencer Dinwiddie. I think he's definitely, it's kind of the same thing we said in 2019 before, you know, they decided to wait a full week on Danny Green's uh, decision to either, go to the Lakers or stay in Toronto or go to the Mavs that off season, there weren't many ways that the Mavs could, you know, ruin it. And they ended up doing that because they waited on a role player for that long. But this off season, I really do feel like, like they would have to do something unprecedented <laughs> to, to screw this up, Matt. Uh, there's, a, there's just so many 
useful players on the market, and there's so much. You know, they can open up a max cap slot of 34, 35 million, uh, possibly more if they offload guys like maybe Dwight Powell or they trade Maxi Kleba, you know, stuff like that. They could open up more room if they need to. I'm all for uh, completely you know, reconstructing this roster. I'm not attached to anybody on this roster. In, well, I, there's people on this roster I like, but I'm not attached to anybody, you know, other than Luca as far as saying like, oh, yeah, that, we can't trade him. <laughs> so I'm all for a brand new roster, and I think this would be a great offseason to do it. You have the brand new front office. You know, you got Nico Harrison and uh, Jason Kidd, and I'm sure they have a, I'm sure they have a different personnel style or different likings than uh, Donnie Nelson and Rick Carlisle. And as we mentioned before, you know, uh, Mark Cuban, he came out and said uh, that he still has the final decisions over all that stuff. But I think, you know, unless it's just something where they're paying $25 million to a, <laughs> to a guy who just absolutely doesn't deserve it, I don't think he's going to, you know, uh, ax any of these potential moves going forward. I think I think he's going to let Nico do his thing at the beginning until he kind of, you know, unless Nico just completely screws up and then he has to, he feels like he has to insert himself. And that's just me being hopeful. Maybe it won't happen, but that's the mindset I'm taking into these next two weeks, Matt. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to let Nico do his thing. I think he's going to still control everything. Um, but on, on the Dinwiddie front, Dinwiddie front, yeah, sure. Why not get good players, put them on the roster and see what happens. Um, I, I think that that's the, that's the way you win in the NBA <laughs> is, uh, just accumulating good players. The fit doesn't necessarily matter as much. As, and this applies to Collins as well. I don't think the fit necessarily matters as much as the talent level. Um, like, sure, you you don't want to have like seven seven three players uh, on one roster that are all really good. But you know what I mean. Like, Dinwiddie's a really good player, and I, I'd love to have him. I think he's you know you know he's a good player. Let's get him. Yeah, I mean, he would improve the roster, and I. I I'm probably, aboard the train, Xavier. I just I, I can't <laughs> do backflips over a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie. I, I approve. I endorse. Let's do it. Yeah, and I mean, look, if you if you go back and you look at what the Mavs have done uh, the last two off season, and obviously they didn't have as much flexibility last year as they did in 2019, but. Based off of how things have gone in, in previous off seasons, I'm not going to be picky, Matt. <laughs> I just I just want good players. That's I what I'm good, saying, man. Yeah, I, I want good players around Luca, and I'm not going to be picky about it. You probably saw it on Twitter uh, last off season because I had so many people in my replies asking me, "Hey, do you like this guy as a as a as a you know prospect for the Mavs, or you like this guy?" And I I put out this, I mean, some people might have thought it was sarcastic, but it was actually a serious uh, flow chart. And it was just like, <laughs> does Dalton like this project, this uh, potential Mavs prospect? And is this prospect good? Then yes, Dalton is interested. <laughs> is this prospect yeah. not good? Well, then no, Dalton is not interested. 
<laughs> right, exactly. And that, that, I think that's how they have to approach it. Is this player good? Yes, we will take him. Thank you. Like, you, I mean, you need to get guys to do certain things, obviously. And Dinwiddie is one of those guys that does things that you need. Um, you don't want five Ben Simmons type players. You don't want five Jared Allens. Yes, Jared Allen is also a good player. I would like him as well. Um, it fit, fit does matter. It's just to a, to a certain point. Ultimately, you just have to try and get as many good players as you can and fit them in after that. And if they don't work, figure out what to do with them later. Let me address the Allen thing real quick. Sean in the chat, because he, he said, what about Jared Allen? I, I'm all for Jared Allen. The the asterisk, I guess, on that is will, would Cleveland take back Kristaps Porzingis? I feel like that's one of the few franchises out there who wouldn't be scared off by how much money KP is making and would be willing to take a risk and, uh, you know, would be, would be willing to take a bet on his potential going forward because he's still 25 years old. We've mentioned it before. Uh, he's fully healthy this offseason for the first time in his career. Uh, so he, he's actually getting to work on his game instead of rehabbing. So I think Cleveland is one of those teams where, you know, uh, Jared Allen, he's a restricted free agent. If the Mavs came out there and just offered him a contract where Cleveland's just like, whoa, <laughs> I don't know if we want to we want to match that or not, then maybe you have those discussions and, you know, you can send KP to Cleveland. Uh, the Minnesota, it's another team I could see, you know, pulling the, pulling the trigger on a KP trade. Uh, there's, let's see, the Orlando Magic. Uh, I mean, they're, bring, they're just bring me all the dumb franchises to take KP away, please. Right, and I mean, I've said it before. I think the more most likely scenario is KP is going to be on the Mavs. You know, when this next season begins, I I don't think they're going to trade him because I don't think his trade value is where it needs to be uh, for them to get a return that they're okay taking, and they're they're not just going to you know, sell trade him in the cap space, no matter how many people want that to happen. I mean, that's just not going to happen. So I, I fully expect him to be on the roster, but I do see a couple situations, you know, if it, if it breaks the right way, I do see a couple situations where he could potentially be traded this off season. We'll just have to see, we'll have to see how free agency goes. And if he is on the team when this next season starts, then, I mean, I'll, let's just see how it goes. Because, again, we know that him and Luke aren't a perfect fit. But when they stagger their minutes and KP's healthy and he doesn't look like a swinging door on defense, you know, it works pretty well. So, I mean, we'll just have to see how this this fully healthy offseason affects him, uh, how the new coaching staff affects him. Uh, and, you know, maybe, maybe they can get it working. But uh, that, that's just the optimist in me. Uh, looking at what we've got presented in front of us and, you know, going from there. So, Matt, that was a good one. That's unfortunately all the time we have left uh, for today's episode. Uh, if you guys listen listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure to go leave us a review and either put your Twitter ad or Instagram ad or Facebook, some kind of social media way of us getting in contact with you if you want a chance of winning a T-shirt. Uh, we've given out a bunch of those things. Xavier in the chat, he's gotten one. Uh, a lot of other people we've we've sent out those shirts to. So 
Uh, if y'all want a chance of winning one of those, be sure to do that. Those Apple podcast reviews really help us out. So, uh, Matt, anything else before we take off here? Uh, well, the uh, the yard guy outside is being very loud with his lawnmower, so I don't know if you can hear me. But um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I think that I'm just very depressed about the press conference. Um, maybe I'm overreacting. I don't really care. But that's kind of my MO is overreacting in a negative way. So you're welcome. Well, guys, that's going to do it for another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. And like I said, go leave us a review, and you may be winning a T-shirt. We'll get all your you know shipping information and get one out to you. I, I'd say you have about a about a one in five chance of of winning one of those things because uh, we we've been giving out quite a few of them. We send out a batch of probably five or six shirts every week, so. Be sure to do that, and we appreciate it, guys. We'll see y'all either this weekend or more than likely early next week to uh, get ready for the draft. Mavs don't have any picks, but that's when trades start, you know, heating up, trade talks, and then a week after that, we'll be getting ready for free agency. So y'all have a great one. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute Let me step back for a minute